0: Welcome to another edition of the Frederick Report, sponsored by the Frederick Scanner. I'm Jeremy Leftwich. Today we're joined with Tom Coe, Chief and Director of the Division of Fire and Rescue Services for Frederick County. Uh, Chief, I'm not really sure what we're going to talk about today because uh, it's been kind of a slow news day. Not a whole lot going on today, right? <laughs> well, we're I, really I, excited about today. Yes, I, I just, of course, because a major announcement in regards to the uh, The future of public safety here in frederick county and i'll let you have the honors to recap that
1: yeah so uh, we just completed a a really exciting press conference with our federal delegation and county executive announcing frederick county's receipt of a nearly 9.8 million dollar safer grant so safer stands for staffing for adequate fire and emergency response it's a grant program put on uh, by fema and the department of homeland security uh, to try to bolster staffing in america's fire service uh, Frederick County has been a frequent recipient of our SAFER grants and, and this nine point, nearly nine point eight million dollar grant uh, will fund fully fund salary and benefits for 32 new firefighters in Frederick County for three years. And at the end of that grant the county will pick up those expenses and retain those firefighters. Uh, but those 32 firefighters represent phase two of a three phase plan uh, to move to four person staffing on our fire apparatus.
0: And this comes on the heel of last year's grant about this time in september of 2022 where i believe it was an eight and a half million dollar safer grant that uh also went to the same thing and can you talk a little bit about a little bit about that
1: yeah almost exactly the same timeline uh last year we were a recipient of a safer grant that allowed us to hire 32 firefighters Uh, again that was phase one of our transition to four-person staffing A little bit of background on four-person staffing and why that's important to the fire service. Uh, The National Institute of Standards and Technology uh, performed a a study on fire rescue response to residential structure fires. And they found, after doing 60 live burns, where they did time and efficiency measurement on 22 specific concurrent fire rescue tasks, like search and rescue and fire extinguishment and ventilation um, and overhaul, They found that four-person crews performed those 22 tasks five minutes and one second or 25 percent faster uh, than their uh, three-person counterparts. And a faster, more efficient fire ground means a safer fire ground for the citizens we serve and for the firefighters who respond to those incident scenes. So last year, we were fortunate to get 32 firefighters. That represented seven of our suppression companies moving to four-person staffing. Today we were ecstatic to announce phase two of that plan being federally funded. That means in January we'll be hiring 32 more firefighters and uh, then they'll graduate in September and seven more of our fire engines, ladder trucks and rescue squads will be moving uh, to uh, four-person staffing. That only leaves uh, six more companies to transition in the future and we will be completely done. That puts Frederick County in a great position with national consensus standards uh, that are published by uh, the NFPA, as well as directly addresses one of the key uh, improvement points made in the Ball Road uh, After Action Report. That Ball Road After Action Report made 137 recommendations for improvement of the Frederick County Fire Service following an August 11th, 2021 fire on Ball Road that took the life of Battalion Chief Josh Laird.
0: Now, Frederick County is a combination career volunteer fire service Um, you touched on a number of stations that both of these grants are going to end up staffing can you talk a little bit about the what is that can you give give us a high level overview of what that looks like as far as uh, staffing goes for the career and volunteer
1: absolutely so uh, frederick county uh, the division of fire and rescue services is responsible as the umbrella fire service organization Uh, that provides fire, rescue, and EMS services to all 664 square miles of Frederick County. Uh, We do that in a combination fashion with both career responders as well as our uh, volunteer responders. We work hand-in-hand with our volunteers. We, We respond from 30 different fire rescue stations across the county, and that's in partnership with 25 independent volunteer fire rescue corporations. We have uh, 601 career personnel in uh, Frederick County, Mm -hmm. all of which are uniformed Mm -hmm. uh, fire and EMS providers with the exception of 20, okay? And then in addition to that, we have 500 operational volunteers and close to 1,100 administrative and fundraising volunteers. Mm -hmm. So it's a very robust organization that works in partnership every day to respond to just over 40,000 emergency calls for service a year.
0: 40,000 a year. Yes, sir. And I'm sure we probably see that increasing as uh, the years wear on. Because Usually by about 3,000 a year. So
1: just okay. shy of 10% increase annually, uh, our call volume has been bumping up.
0: Frederick County is one of the fastest growing counties in the state of Maryland uh, over the past, well, five to 10 years. Uh, What are the challenges that presents for Frederick County Fire Rescue? Well, uh, obviously uh, we are a growing
1: community, so uh, nearly 280 residents across the county, and that doesn't include the visitors that pass through all the wonderful (laughs) attractions in the beautiful county that uh, that we're in so uh, call volume goes up that's an increased demand on service uh, we got to make sure that we have the appropriate units in the appropriate places so today uh, we're fortunate to be at the northgate fire station uh, for this podcast and uh, the northgate fire station is our newest fire station that really addressed a service deficit uh, in the northern end of frederick city as we transition into the county it's a very rapidly growing area where our response times were, were pretty high uh, the northgate fire station opened last june and uh, has really been an asset to the community and it fit in really well. So uh, some of the challenges that growth uh, causes for us is uh, ensuring that we're meeting our high expectations of service delivery, that we have the appropriate units and staff in the right place. And as Frederick County grows, uh, our citizens are also aging in place. So um, we need to make sure that we're meeting their needs, specifically from emergency medical services perspective, and hopefully prevent the need for transport to the hospital before that 911 call is made. And we do that through uh, some programs that I'll talk about a little bit later in the podcast with our mobile community health
0: program. That's excellent. Uh, The 2022 annual report produced by Frederick County Fire Rescue or the Division of Fire Rescue Services, DFRS for short, we may be saying that throughout the podcast (laughs) as well, it mentions $58 million budgeted uh... for capital improvement projects over the course of the next six years essentially out to year 2030, uh, most of our viewers would probably be interested in learning what that means for a new fire station or rehabilitating existing fire stations in their community can you talk a little bit about that
1: absolutely so we're very fortunate in frederick county to have the support of our county executive and county council uh... as we recognize the growth needed in our fire service to appropriately protect our citizens so in the capital improvement program we have a lot of brick-and-mortar projects so uh, first uh, our first and next project is uh, the replacement of the green valley fire station which is currently at the intersection of uh, route 75 and route 80 uh... It, just outside of monrovia that's actually going to move uh, a little bit west on route 80 uh, they're near the at&t tower to a new site sure. so the planning and design is nearly complete Uh, On that structure, Uh, we're running some utilities from the Lansdale community up to that fire station. And we hope uh, to be operating out of that new facility in the summer of 2025. So uh, number one on the list is a new station for the the Green Valley Fire Company. Uh, The second project on the list in our CIP program is the replacement of the Adamstown Fire Station, the Carroll Manor uh, Fire Company. So that station's actually going to be relocated, uh, hopefully to uh, the intersection of Route 85 and uh, Mountville Road. Uh, so we have a, we're working with some community members on a, and the uh, volunteer corporation on a piece of land. And uh, we hope to be in that facility uh, in the very near future. And that, that replaces uh, a well-worn, well-utilized facility that's in Adamstown. After that, we're looking at a renovation to our Westview Fire Station. So the Westview Fire Station was built uh, just south of Frederick City um just below the evergreen point area and protects um, the 85 corridor the new design road corridor and the ballinger creek pike corridor Uh, that station was one of the first county built fire stations in 2001 and uh, we've rapidly outgrown that facility so we're going to do a renovation uh, to try to make better use of the interior space uh, because the call volume in westview's area has uh, grown well beyond uh, what we currently have staffing there to provide after that Uh, we've got several uh, one more building project we're planning on a fire station out uh, on the jefferson technology park campus so at the 180 corridor and i think that really completes uh, the brick and mortar projects that are currently within the six-year cip beyond that uh, within the cip we have fire apparatus replacement so uh, our county executive and county council have uh, supported the fire service by making sure that our apparatus is in uh, top condition and ready to serve the public. So we have a replacement cycle uh, that runs beyond 2045 to maintain um, the current technology in fire engines, ambulances, ladder trucks, rescue squads. Beyond that, there's some equipment purchases. Uh, the replacement of our self-contained breathing apparatus the backpacks the firefighters wear for clean air in uh, dangerous toxic environments so uh, we're looking to replace those countywide within the next two years as well as replace our complement of cardiac monitors uh, to keep up with current technology in the medical field to give the uh, the uh, most modern medical care that we can provide and get people to the emergency room safely
0: a lot of moving parts there. yeah yeah
1: so uh, we're not a small entity and uh it takes it takes investment to make sure that our folks have the appropriate equipment facilities and uh training to provide the great service that they do
0: now you you just mentioned training what um what does training look like for a career firefighter at the academy so um our training at the uh fire rescue academy
1: our academy's out on rexford road so our training's all done here in frederick county Uh, when we hire a new firefighter emt uh... they come to our academy it's a it's not a resident academy like some law enforcement academies they they come during the day and then they go home in the evening and come back the next day it's twenty eight weeks in length uh... we teach them um, classes such as firefighter uh, hazardous materials operations vehicle extrication emergency vehicle driver uh, emergency medical technician Uh, And then we have an intensive health and wellness training portion because we want to make sure that our firefighters, when we hire them, are not only physically prepared to provide the life-saving services, but are also um, mentally resilient and and healthy from a wellness perspective because they're exposed daily to to countless traumas uh, when folks are having their worst day. Our training academy lasts 28 weeks in length. And uh, I tell you, our training academy staff does an amazing job taking folks who we might hire uh, that are seasoned firefighters as well as folks with no previous public safety experience and graduating them as uh, top-notch emergency responders. So we're very proud of the training academy we uh, have. We just graduated two recruit classes, a total of 42 firefighter recruits uh, in September. And... uh, we're looking forward to graduating another class of uh, thirty recruits in uh, November.
0: So and very busy place. Quite so. And we just heard uh, during the uh, public safety uh, announcement earlier that uh, County Executive Fitz- Fitzwater will be uh, undergoing a uh, firefighting 101. Absolutely. Did I say that correctly? You did. So
1: that that is a, an initiative uh, from our labor union, the International Association of Firefighters Local 3666. Uh, we partner with them, and we bring key county state and federal officials to our training academy it's happening on october the 21st and uh, expose them to uh, firefighting rescue work emergency medical care so that when we uh, have things before them um, at the executive level or in front of the council that they have a a better understanding of what our jobs like and, and, and what our needs are as we look to provide great service to the citizens so Fire Ops 101 has been incredibly beneficial to provide that perspective of an emergency responder to
0: our decision makers. And that actual hands-on yes, sir. work that will be yeah, doing. Yeah,
1: they'll, they'll <laughs> dom firefighter protective equipment, self-contained breathing apparatus. They'll go okay. into the burn building and learn about live fire behavior. They'll perform CPR. They'll mm-hmm. cut a car apart. They'll uh, they'll be exposed to, uh, in a safe way with, with, uh, with oversight, they'll be exposed to everything that our job has to offer.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Training doesn't stop when at the academy. It's ongoing throughout somebody's career, be it volunteer or career staff. So what does the training look like once somebody leaves the academy or if they're a volunteer while they're on the job? What does that look like?
1: Yeah, so uh, our volunteer training happens nights and weekends typically. uh, That's in partnership with the Maryland Fire and Rescue Institute. Our basic firefighter courses for a new volunteer coming into our service typically uh, exist two nights a week and occasional weekend classes and typically last three or four months in the spring or fall. Our basic EMT program lasts over 200 hours, again two nights a week and uh, weekend classes, mm-hmm. and all done at our facility on Rikesford Road. Beyond the initial training, whether it be a volunteer or career provider, uh, we have in-service training or continuing education that lasts the entire career of a public safety professional. Uh, Whether it's EMT or paramedic refresher, uh, learning advanced skills, or uh, attaining training to be be part of one of our special operations programs, be it water rescue, rope rescue, building collapse, trench collapse, we have a myriad of services that we provide in Frederick County and uh, we get very excited to engage our career and volunteer responders and expose them to all the things that, uh, and services that we can provide the citizens to improve their training. One other thing that's very important to us is our paramedic program. We're one of the few fire services in the nation who are accredited to provide EMT to paramedic education without direct affiliation to a college. Uh, we have an amazing okay. paramedic program. Uh, that we teach in-house we typically train between 10 and 15 new paramedics a year in a very intensive program and uh, you know really put amazing uh, public safety emergency medical providers on the street through those programs
0: now the paramedic program uh, we've noticed recently uh, has extended to the fire engine Mm -hmm. so uh, some of our viewers um, may be a little quizzical once a fire engine shows up to the house not realizing that it's staffed by a, a paramedic. So uh, some of those that's one of the common questions we get from residents and f- from our viewers. Um, why does a fire engine show up to a medical emergency?
1: Yeah, so those are actually two separate but related topics, and I'll get into both okay. of them. <clears throat> so within our dispatch protocols, if uh, the ambulance going to an emergency medical call isn't the closest piece of emergency care apparatus uh, to the incident, We'll send a fire engine or ladder truck or rescue squad uh, with that ambulance. And, and the reason we do that is, is all of our career firefighters are EMTs, and an, an overwhelming number of our volunteer firefighters are also EMTs. And in our business, time is critical. And for us to provide the best medical care, we want to provide it as quick as possible. So the folks that arrive on those fire engines are trained medical professionals just like what shows up on an ambulance, and they're able to initiate care immediately and actually make uh, the transition to the ambulance and then the transport to the hospital more efficient because they've taken care of things ahead of the arrival of the ambulance. Uh, On busy days uh, in some of our more urban areas, our ambulances might all be out on calls. So our fire engine is likely to be the closest piece of apparatus to that call, and they respond. in conjunction with the ambulance to provide care until a transport unit can arrive on the scene Uh, you mentioned the addition of our paramedic engine companies and we're very excited about those Uh, i'll go back about a year ago we put an initiative forward uh, to study our deployment of advanced life support providers or paramedics Um, previous to september 9th frederick county was served by eight paramedic chase cars and two ems supervisors and on a daily basis all 10 of those units could be tied up on a call at the same time. As uh, our population grows, as our population ages, the demand for emergency medical services increases. So we took a holistic look at our EMS responses and tried to decipher what's the best way and most cost-effective way from a personnel standpoint to deploy those assets. So we came out with an ALS deployment plan. And uh, that ALS deployment plan is a five-phase plan that spans three years, which will increase our ALS deployment from eight chase cars and two EMS supervisors to nine chase cars, six paramedic engine companies, and two supervisors. So we almost double the capacity of our ALS service in uh, those three years. So September 9th, we were able to uh, get to the next phase of that program, which were paramedic engines at the Junior Fire Company at 535 North Market Street and the Westview Fire Station located on New Design Road. In those stations, we already had two paramedics assigned to each shift. It was uh, merely the addition of the advanced life support equipment to the fire engine. So if an advanced life support call is dispatched and the paramedic chase car that we're used to operating off of in that station is on a call, the fire engine can now provide that paramedic to the scene. Okay. Uh, a lot of folks would ask, well, why wouldn't you put that, that paramedic on the ambulance? The ambulance is what takes people to the hospital. Right. And in um, a very basic look, that, that makes logical sense. But statistically speaking, out of the 40,000 calls for service that we provide, Uh, 50%, I'm sorry, 80% of those calls have an EMS nexus, right? Um, So 40,000 calls for service, 28,000 of those are EMS. 50% of those are dispatched as an advanced life support call. But of those 50%, only 50% of them, once triaged, only need, need transport to the hospital by a paramedic. So what that means is our paramedics are getting to the scene, we're triaging the patient. We're determining if it's a basic life support transport or if it needs paramedic services during that transport. And uh, putting that paramedic on the engine, uh, in line with our four-person staffing transition, is proving to provide a higher caliber of care, getting paramedics to the scene quicker, but not committing them to calls that their services aren't needed and uh, causing them to be tied up at the hospital. So I hope that made sense. Yeah. But uh, it's a very efficient model, and it's making good use of the riding positions on the apparatus.
0: Yeah, it's important for our viewers to understand. It gives them a little more insight into the why. Yep. Um, and so, you mentioned um, I'm sorry. You yeah, mentioned I'm sorry. A lot of the uh, apparatus that might be committed to calls, there are protocols in place. Say at, I would imagine at uh, the 911 dispatch communication center, to watch that which units are committed and ensure that there are uh, units that are brought in from other areas to fill in
1: so on a daily basis our dispatch personnel at the 911 center monitor where our units are at uh, where voids in coverage exist and they will transfer or move units up to provide that coverage in times of high call volume so the folks listening can rest assured that even in times of high call volume where we have a lot of unit activity we reposition our units to provide a timely response
0: to their needs I'm thinking back to the, uh, the tanker fire that occurred earlier this year, which required a large response. Uh, there were other responses, other calls that were going on that did not go unanswered. They were correct, what you just explained.
1: Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, we actually moved units in from other jurisdictions yeah. uh, to cover our area while we concentrated on uh, what was really a campaign event on Route 15.
0: Indeed. Uh, we're covering a lot of moving parts, as I mentioned earlier, here and you're in charge of all of that obviously you have a team of folks uh, to to assist you with that uh, i want to talk about it, a bit about your background can you tell us about your background and talk about your current role here in dfrs absolutely so uh
1: um
0: i uh grew up uh, in
1: western carroll county in a small town named new windsor i'm a fourth generation uh, fire service member uh, and very proud of that, that history and that family connection. I started uh, when I was 14 as a junior at the New Windsor Volunteer Fire Company and uh, got the appropriate training, went on calls with my dad, and uh, my brother soon joined in. Um, and then uh, uh, graduated high school, started writing calls uh, as a senior member of the department, and continued taking training. Went to college, graduated college, and uh, started my public safety career as a dispatcher in the Carroll County uh, 911 system. And uh, that was in the mid 90s, and uh, it was really hard to get on in a career fire service at the time. So I applied for six years and uh, worked really hard uh, to get into an organization. And uh, July 31st of the year 2000, Frederick County uh, invited me to be a part of recruit class four. So. Uh, it was a great time uh, came to Frederick and uh, really fell in love with uh, the community the county and uh, the fire service up here uh, graduated the recruit Academy and started my time at the independent Hose company on Bachman's Lane spent some time down in Carroll Manor and then transferred uh, to the Westview Fire Station as a firefighter paramedic uh, was very fortunate to promote through the ranks from sergeant to lieutenant Um, became a battalion chief and spent uh, about 10 years as a battalion chief in various roles from, um, you know, being a a shift battalion officer to oversight of our special operations program to uh, uh, the uh, emergency medical services battalion chief. And then a vacancy became open as as the deputy chief of emergency services. So uh, that position really oversees all of our field assets and uh, i was asked to participate in that role uh, in about 2015. I uh, worked with a great group of folks and uh, chief Owens, Tom Owens, retired on uh, June 30th of uh, 2019 and uh, county executive Gardner at the time asked me to fill an acting role. I wasn't really sure if I wanted to serve as the fire chief. I was really having a good time in the role that I was in uh, but uh, when the position opened up I applied and thanks to my time in that acting position really became accustomed and enjoyed my role and uh, a few months later was named as Frederick County's fire chief so uh, I really consider myself a conductor of a really wonderful orchestra Um, everything in the fire service is a team effort Uh, from uh, our command staff who does amazing work um, to our station officers and firefighters to our volunteer corporations and volunteer firefighter and EMTs everybody works together very well Uh, our labor union we have a very positive uh, relationship with them. So uh, my job is really to advocate for the service, to get it um, the, the resources it needs, such as today's SAFER grant, which was absolutely a team effort, um, and then uh, really help our command staff really drive a vision to move our service forward. And I tell you, there, there isn't a location around that has more committed public safety professionals that are focused on customer service and serving our community uh, than the fire and rescue professionals we work with in Frederick County.
0: And that's the big thing that I think a lot of people see with their interactions. You mentioned sometimes the, uh, the public will see uh, the uh, wonderful men and women who serve here on their worst day. <coughs> but um, there are other activities that uh, the personnel here in uh, DFRS serve in and some of that can deal with Um, educating the community. Uh, I'm thinking along the lines of, if a major fire occurs in the community, is there something called like an after, some other jurisdictions call call it after the fire, major fire occurs, after that happens, firefighters will go back into the community and uh, maybe check people's smoke alarms, um, fire extinguishers. Is there something like that here in Frederick County?
1: Well, we have a lot of community outreach programs. So uh, we don't specifically do an after-the-fire program, per se, as it was historically known. Okay. Uh, but we have uh, a number of uh, partnerships in our community. So we have a partnership with the American Red Cross that we do quarterly smoke alarm drives around the county. So we'll do them quarterly in different municipalities and communities. And we'll also uh, uh, engage a community after a, f- a fatal or near-fatal fire, to ensure uh, that while it's fresh in their mind, uh, smoke alarms are are there and functional in residences that need them. Uh, We have a car safety seat program that uh, ensures, in partnership with the health department, that uh, folks have safe uh, car seats installed appropriately in their vehicles. Uh, Our mobile community health program is really one of the shining stars in our community outreach program. So that really started um, close to six years ago as a way to address system free, or frequent system utilizers uh, of our 911 service who were using the ambulance and the emergency department as their primary healthcare. Mm-hmm. You know, we were responding to some uh, residents' houses 300, 400, 500 times a year, multiple times a day, yeah. wow. uh, as their primary healthcare. And uh, they were definitely people in need of services, but EMS and the emergency room was not really what best fit their need. So our mobile community health program was started to work with those frequent system utilizers uh, to decipher their needs and, and really work with different case managers in the health department, in the hospital, work with our primary physicians to get them the services and connect them with the services that they needed that they might not have even known about. And what we've seen is a marked decrease in the use of 911 for some of those frequent system utilizers and more importantly, happier, healthier citizens who are connected to the right resources. Out of that, our mobile community health program has grown into several other initiatives. We have our COAST program, which is our community outreach and support team, which is a partnership between uh, the Division of Fire and Rescue Services and our mobile community health program and the health department. Uh, They respond uh, specifically to overdose-related calls to engage um, those suffering from uh, addictive uh, substance abuse and uh, get them connected to appropriate resources but not only them and their families right to make sure that holistically we try to combat uh, the addiction issue in frederick county uh, we've partnered with our senior services division, especially through COVID, to do homebound vaccinations and uh, just do wellness checks uh, with our community and our elderly population to make sure they're prepared if they need to make the 911 call, that they have the appropriate information in red folders on their refrigerator so that uh, we can have an efficient response to provide them the best service we can in their time of need. Uh, additionally, we've partnered with the Frederick Police Department uh, to put EMTs and paramedics on their uh Uh, along with Shepard pratt uh, to uh, provide response in the crisis car so a specific unit in frederick city to respond to uh, behavioral health crises so uh, what you're seeing in the fire service is a sincere attempt to connect citizens to services they need and on the public safety side a true partnership a network uh, of resources uh, that can get people connected that that a fire engine might show up and there might be a paramedic on it, but they might have the resources that that person needs to get them to something outside of our services and, and help them live a happier, healthier life.
0: Indeed. So
1: um, we are engaged in our community and we're always looking for new ways to engage in our community. uh, But those are some of the successful programs that we have out there right now.
0: And, the handle with care program it was is is that also an initiative so it's, it's
1: a partnership that we're a part of so yeah. handle with care uh, recognizes the youth in our community that might be exposed to a traumatic event uh, it's run um, through um, citizen services and uh, partnership with fcps and all of our law enforcement agencies and the fire service and if uh, if we recognize that uh, Uh, a child might have been exposed to very specific traumatic experiences uh, were able to notify in in non-specific ways without detail of the event that uh, the educational facility that that school that that uh, juvenile might be attending uh, should be handled with care you know to to give them a little grace while they're uh, uh, dealing with what they were exposed to. And uh, we found that to be very beneficial uh, to the youth in our community.
0: That's excellent. Um, we're nearing the end of our, our podcast. But, but uh, we have uh, so I much more to say. To, I know. <laughs> we, we, we need to you know, carry this on. Maybe it'll be a part two. Uh, uh, I, I love it. <laughs> uh, l- let me ask you this. What's on the immediate horizon for yourself? Um, and if you can also speak about uh, DFRS, what's on the horizon for Yeah,
1: so uh, I really don't know what's on the horizon for me. What I do know is our organization is moving forward very positively. Uh, We have a uh, great relationship with our community, and we're continuing to make positive strides, and and I'm excited every day I come to work to serve the citizens of Frederick County. One of our biggest initiatives, though, um, is very internal and and very much trying to look out for the health and welfare of our providers. Uh, every day, our responders are exposed to traumatic events. We go to everyone's worst day. And uh, while, while fire rescue uh, responders historically have, have tried to put on a strong face, uh, there is no doubt that, that those have very, very uh, significant effects on the wellness of our responders. So uh, we have launched a very successful behavioral health program, Uh, We have a behavioral health clinician on staff. We have a very strong peer support team. We've networked with behavioral health uh, professionals in our community to try to provide a healthy environment for our responders. The fact of the matter is, is we're trying to break down the stigma of you don't have to put on that hard face and just tough it out. Uh, We know what the compounding effects of trauma are on our responders, and we need to make sure they're prepared and resilient and able to go out the door on that next call. And we do that through preparedness, through education, and through connecting our folks with the appropriate resources so that they can deal with those traumatic exposures and be ready uh, to help the community on their next call. So uh, one of my big uh, areas of concern, one of my biggest initiatives is to make sure that we take care of our folks so our folks can take care of the community. And uh, we're excited about the advances of that, not only within the Division of Fire and Rescue Services, but across the public safety fields in Frederick County, as it's a priority of our uh, all the
0: public safety in- uh, agencies. Because, as you mentioned earlier, DFRS is a family. You know, and you mentioned you may have some relatives also in the, in the fire services yeah, yeah, uh, are my, they here in Frederick County. Yeah,
1: so uh, my brother's a station captain down at the Westview Fire Station. Uh, he's got about, uh, I think it's 18 or 19 years of service with the county. And, uh, you know, lots of friends that I've grown up with have uh, uh, chosen to work in Frederick County. And, and we truly are a, a family, whether, whether it's a person who's graduated our academy with one day on the job or a most tenured employee with nearly 40 years on the job. Uh, we are a family that, that cares about each other, that cares about the public, and, and that's what makes it so nice to come to work every day.
0: And I would be remiss if I didn't mention the most important thing here, and that is after a four year drought, uh, the DFRS was victorious. Oh, yeah. Over. Yes. I'm glad you brought <laughs> the that police up. In yes. The annual uh, Guns and Hoses, guns and hoses. game. Guns and Hoses, yeah. So uh, we took
1: the trophy back. <laughs> So uh, uh we we will care for that trophy for 358 more days not that I'm counting uh till next year where we will retain it. Okay. Uh, uh I'm looking forward to November's football game where uh, we can continue okay. um avenging previous losses to our law enforcement partners. But is, it, is that flag or is that It it it's, it's supposed to be. <laughs> it's supposed to be. Um but but I tell you uh, there's a lot of uh um, competition amongst our public safety agencies, but that sense of family goes well beyond the fire service. Uh, we couldn't ask for better partners than what we have in the Frederick City Police, the Frederick County Sheriff's Office, the Thurmont Police Department, the Brunswick Police Department, our friends at Fort Detrick, our 911 dispatchers, uh, our public health folks. We are truly uh, one service here in Frederick County, and uh, you know, I think uh, it's hard to think of a, a team that works harder and better together than, than the group that's here in Frederick.
0: I think that uh, you summed it up well, but uh, I'll give you the last word. Any closing thoughts?
1: No, I just uh, appreciate the opportunity to join you today. I would welcome another opportunity to do that because there's so many more things that we'd love to share with the public that, that are great going on within the Division of Fire and Rescue Services. And I think the public uh, really really should know uh, about the services that are available to them. So, Jeremy, thank Indeed.
0: you so much for having me. Chief Goh, we'll continue the conversation for sure. Absolutely. Thank you very much for joining us today. This is the Frederick Report, sponsored by the Frederick Scanner. I'm Jeremy Lethwich. See you next time.